0: The information on this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not contain or constitute and should not be interpreted as any form of medical advice or opinion. You should always seek the advice of your healthcare provider about any questions or concerns that you may have. Welcome to the Unfiltered Podcast. If you have experienced narcissistic abuse, you are in the right place. If you didn't know already, the mission of Unfiltered is to help you understand the abuse you have experienced, support you through your healing journey, and help you develop healthy relationships. I'm your host, Juliana Akin, and in today's episode, I'm interviewing Karina Ramdath. She is a compassionate, skilled therapist who works with survivors of childhood sexual abuse, trauma, and other complex mental health concerns. Karina's professional focus is to support people by validating their experiences and acknowledging their resilience. Today's episode focuses on core wounds, fears, values, beliefs and hopes. By the end, you'll understand the connection between core wounds and fears and see how our core beliefs influence our view of ourselves, others, the world and our future. We will also discuss common core wounds and fears and the initial steps you can take to transform your beliefs and begin healing. After listening, I hope you'll feel optimistic about your future and empowered to overcome any challenges, regardless of their current weight on you. We will start with a brief story, which will serve as a reference throughout our discussion about core wounds, fears, values, beliefs and hopes. Please note that this story is purely fictional and not based on real individuals or events. Any resemblance is purely coincidental. Now, let's get started with the episode.
1: So the way that I want to get started, if that's okay, is just to read a little story, okay? So we're talking about someone who's female, just for the sake of this conversation, with pronouns she, her so this person she wants to know why she has so much difficulty so many problems so many crises in her life all of the time let's imagine that this person has gone through a lot of trauma that's what a core wound is it's trauma and we can talk a little bit more about that as time goes on so this person is 30 years old and she's been in and out of traumatic abusive relationships which perpetuates her core fear and we'll again get into that in a little bit that fear stems from her core wound of historical family trauma and abuse so this person you would say that she was raised in a fairly functional home despite the problems but with only one parent this person's dad raised person as well as a few other siblings because person's mum passed away when person was let's say 10 years old person has always had a difficult relationship with her dad but she knows that her younger siblings don't have the same perception person thinks of dad as abusive a drunk and unstable but he's been there right they have food a home clothes maybe what they had wasn't the best or clean but they had it. Person recalls that mom and dad would often argue. Person knows that one of the reasons her younger siblings think their dad is a good guy is because person always cleaned up after dad and reminded dad to get up and go to work on time. Person was was what we call a parentified child. Person would say that dad is unstable because he would often threaten to leave mom when she was alive. And after mom passed away, dad would often threaten to leave the kids. Person didn't think of herself as one of the kids. Person thought that if she kept, if she didn't keep things together in the family and teach the kids not to talk about home life, everything would continue to be okay. So person is an adult. As we guessed, she's about 30 years old. She has an ex-boyfriend who died another ex-boyfriend who's in jail and the most recent guy she's dated keeps losing his job so moved in with person just until he gets he gets back on his feet lately she's noticed guy drinking and person having to clean up after him however she doesn't know she should say anything because he's basically a good guy okay so person has recognized that she wants to change some old patterns though but not too sure where to start. And this is where we start doing the work of identifying her core beliefs, her core values, and her core hopes. Let's start with core wounds, right? What would you imagine is going on in this little girl's life? So her mom passed away. She's 10 years old. Her dad is uh, unstable. He drinks. He often threatens to leave the kids. What do you think that core wound would be?
0: well definitely it's a it's a huge loss to lose your mom but she doesn't have room for that because she has to take care of the dad or you you mentioned parent parentified child it's basically you have to i think i'm not sure but it sounds to me that you have to grow up fast (laughs) like you have to take care of your parents emotional needs and other needs as well so but i don't you when you ask what is the wound? Like I, I don't know how to put it into words. I just like know that that's not a like very nurturing environment to be in. Yes.
1: So that's exactly right. You you actually nailed it. You said I would imagine this person experienced grief and it's not a very emotionally supportive environment. So a core wound is based on trauma and trauma can be a singular incident or it could be repetitive over time, right? Um, so there's, there's different levels of stress in life. We all experience stress of, oh, the job is not great, or uh, my friend is getting married and I have to put together this party for her, and that's stressful. Uh, and then that stress we can overcome. You know, if somebody is in a car accident, it depends on their resilience. It depends on the situation around the car accident. It depends on the level of injury that it could be a mild trauma or a mild stress, moderate stress, or it could be a toxic stress. So in this person's family, she started off in obviously a two-parent home, but she experienced loss. And that loss wasn't supported. It wasn't acknowledged. It was she wasn't able to grieve, uh, but that that opened up a wound, of, and we can see this echoed throughout her her life. In this story, is that she started to feel a sense of loss, and that loss uh, was, or to prevent that loss happening over and over again. She thought she had to take care of her dad and she had to take care of the younger kids and she had to teach them, you don't talk about home life. So in this story, older sibling, some part of her knows that she has to prevent loss because that's what this core wound was. It's grief and loss, and it leads to actually the core fear. And the core fear Is uh, the fear that she will be abandoned, that people will leave her. So, if she doesn't get dad to work, he's gonna leave the family. If she doesn't keep the house clean, he's gonna leave the family. He threatens it all the time in this story, right? And so, there are different types of core wounds based on trauma, and there are different types of core fears, okay? So, that core wound, especially if trauma is repetitive, which it turns out in this person's life it is because her mom died. Um, and had she had emotional support, because you nailed it, she didn't have emotional support, but had she had emotional support to talk through that grief and loss, when had dad showed up in her life and in the sibling's life, then there wouldn't have been this wound, right, this deep traumatic wound uh, that's hard to close. That's hard to heal, and so um, he kept threatening. So your mom left you. That's what she's she's hearing. Your mom left you. A ten year old is not going to recognize that, or a fifteen year old, and sometimes even an adult is not going to recognize that death is out of somebody's control, right? It just you you feel abandoned. You feel a sense of loss and why and angry and and hurt. Um, And so mom left and now dad's always threatening to leave. So what is it about me, she's probably going to ask herself, that causes people to leave me, right? So I have to show up in a way that prevents people from leaving. And so this trauma is repetitive because we learn later on in life that she hadn't an old boyfriend who died. So now she's been abandoned again. We learned that she had another ex-boyfriend who is in jail. Now she's been abandoned again. And so she's got this guy at home who keeps losing his jobs. And she's back into this situation when she was 10 years old and a teenager of if i take care of the house if i work hard if i don't say anything then he's not going to leave because basically he's a good guy basically dad was a good guy he worked there was food there was clothing there was shelter yeah it wasn't the best but basically he was a good guy right does that make sense so far yeah and but there's
0: one question that i'm like yeah like what like if that's the core wound and Mm -hmm. you just described how she prevents kind of her core fear to becoming the reality by taking care of the house by not Mm -hmm. saying anything by you know those things so that the Mm -hmm. guy that she is now with wouldn't leave i just don't why she hasn't ended up in a relationship with a secure person Because I would imagine that in a healthy relationship, in a secure relationship, she would be able to heal the core wound by seeing that, okay, this person is not going to leave me even if I don't, you know, gather their needs all the time or take care of them. Mm -hmm. Why is it that we tend to not realize that, hey, I should heal my core wound maybe in a healthy relationship?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. So the way that we learn to have relationship is from our parents, right? Uh, so the reason a lot of people, not everyone, right? There's There are differences in insight, differences in resiliency, differences in adaptability and flexibility. Uh, so not everyone, this is not the standard story, but this is this person's story, right? Uh, she doesn't know that you you asked how could she be in a healthy relationship and perhaps she just doesn't know what a healthy relationship is and so she established a pattern of behavior that even though she doesn't she doesn't want to be abandoned and she doesn't want to uh live in an unhealthy environment taking care of a guy who's <laughs> taking advantage of her That's all she knows. But some part of her, and and that's the reason I ended that story with some part of her, recognized that she wants to change some old patterns. And it's about that recognition that can happen when you're 15. It can happen when you're 20. It could happen when you're 75, right? But that recognition, you know, we always say that self awareness is the
0: first step to change because it really is
1: did i answer your question
0: yeah i was thinking if you do meet like secure and healthy people because it's not that everyone like well okay yeah you could gravitate towards unhealthy people only but there could be also a possibility that you have actually someone who could be very healthy and secure and you could have a healthy secure relationship with but then you might still end up not you know engaging with them and still like kind of choosing. yeah
1: yeah yeah
0: yeah why if you are presented with two options but you still kind of choose the unhealthy one
1: yes absolutely great question and and this leads into core beliefs actually Uh, yes (laughs) yes because you're right she may have had healthy relationships friendships like a girlfriend who stuck around and says you know what, you're my friend, I love you, you deserve better than these guys, you know? She may have gone to friends' houses and seen uh, parents and their kids laughing and engaging and kids never, ever having to wake up the dad and, and clean the house, um, do chores, that's different, <laughs> <laughs> right? So, So this leads to how does she feel about herself? How does she feel about others? How does she feel about the world or believe about the world? And what does she believe about the future? So core beliefs of self in this particular situation, it could be, uh, if, if people always leave me, I'm not worthy of them sticking around, or I'm not good enough. So that core belief of self, drives, and we'll call this the old core belief of self, right? So that old core belief of self just drives every perception. So for example, you know, let's say my friend is going to call me at five o'clock today. And um, we made a plan. We're going to have a chat. We haven't seen each other or talked to each other in a long time. I'm really looking forward to it. I set aside Five o'clock p m for our chat, right? Five o'clock comes uh she doesn't call, so I call, leave a message, text her, whatever way to get a hold of her, try that. oh, so something strange. Uh, now, I've been friends with this person, let's say for fifteen or twenty years, right, And so I should know because of our friendship being so long that this is a good friend. I should have that belief and that faith that something must have happened. If I have a core belief of self that I'm not good enough or I'm not worthy, uh, then five o'clock comes around, I've tried calling her, reaching out to her, she's not answering. My perception, my thoughts, my emotions go towards, oh, I'm not good enough. She must be mad at me for something. Uh, she's mad at me, that means I've done something wrong. I made a mistake. So she doesn't want to be my friend anymore. Now it's leading to all of these beliefs, right, or thoughts that highlight this belief of I'm not good enough. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, and I'm thinking uh, another question then about this is that if, okay, let's say my core belief is that I'm not good enough, and people leave me eventually because there's something wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, is it some psychological thing that then I put myself into situations, or I surround myself with people who will make that core belief to come true?
1: Yeah, I, I'm hearing you. I'm hearing you. You're you're asking if we um, look for sort of a self fulfilling prophecy. So I believe I'm not good enough. So I'm going to look for, uh, whether it's conscious or subconscious, uh, any situation or relationship that fulfills this core belief. So in some cases, yes, that's true. In some cases, uh, I'm always going to navigate towards the people who are going to prove me right. Okay. Mm. Uh, In some cases, it's yes and no so for example in this example uh of this friendship right uh my friend said she's going to call me at 5 she hasn't called me i reached out my brain goes to or my anxiety or my negative self talk is i'm not good enough she's mad at me she doesn't want to be my friend anymore i must have done something wrong that has nothing to do with the person if i've been friends with her Perhaps that's because I've been supported. Uh, She's shown up. I've I've enjoyed my time with her. So that doesn't necessarily mean I'm seeking out something negative. My perception of it, the way that I I talk to myself, is that it's negative. If I start challenging that and I say to myself, "Well, wait a minute. We've been friends for 20 years. She's um, always been a good friend to me, something must have happened. I left her a message. She'll respond when she can. And hey, you know, like maybe the next week she says, she phones me and she's like, hey, Karina, I'm so sorry. I meant to call you last week and I got your messages. You know, my basement flooded and I had to just spend the weekend dealing with that. So it had nothing to do with me. It had to, well, yeah, if your basement floods and it's, minus 20 outside that's going to take priority right but because my negative um, self-perception my my core belief of self is I'm not good enough then I also start seeing others in a in a light so my core belief of others is that people are going to abandon me or people are untrustworthy or People are unsafe or um, people are liars or people misjudge me. So those are different core beliefs of others, right? So then I might have a worldview, a core belief of the world, of the world is an unsafe place. The world is uh, a broken place. The world is a, a place I always need to hide from so then I tend to isolate myself, right? I may have a core belief of the future that the future is unpredictable. The future is not hopeful. The future is hopeless, right? So so these are different core beliefs of self, of others, of the world, of the future. And they, these core beliefs, they allow me to see the world in a very negative way. It doesn't mean that I'm going through with a self-fulfilling prophecy, because perhaps my teacher at school uh, always told me I'm I'm great. Look at how how you you write. You're you're a good student. Or this particular person, let's say she had a a, a one teacher. Um, or let oh actually let's go to the first boyfriend, the boy first boyfriend who died. Right? Perhaps he died when when they were teenagers. Uh, perhaps he was a really good guy. And perhaps he treated her really well, you know, like no um, no expectations of her to do things for him. Maybe he, he gave her lots of attention and validated her and told her she would be something in the future. But then he died. So it's another person who abandoned her. Right. So. I mean, there are different core wounds. Everyone has different trauma, right? So uh, in this particular story, we're talking about the trauma of loss, of grief, of uh, an abusive home. Uh, Not abusive in terms of emotionally abusive or mentally abusive. Because, you know, she thinks that the family is functional because they have all the basic needs. But there's strong neglect there right? And there's the threat of of dad always saying, I'm going to leave, right? So in this particular case, that trauma is I'm always going to get left. But in other situations, there can be a trauma of of, I'm different. And so uh, being bullied, lots of kids are bullied because of difference, right? Or even in a a healthy family, sometimes one of the siblings is treated differently, right? And so that core fear is people aren't going to accept me because I'm different. So there are different wounds and there are different fears as a result of those wounds. And, And that causes people to internalize different beliefs about themselves about others about the world and about the future right so this is just one story in the story of human life right but everybody has all of these things we all have core wounds it might be deeper or more sh- more shallow it might um have longer lasting effects or we may be able to be resilient and overcome and heal from that wound, depending on, you said the words, emotional support, depending on insight, depending on how we travel through life, our our experiences, because trauma can also be repetitive, right? So, it's important to name that, to to name that and acknowledge that for different people, right? So, um, if you check in with yourself, you're going to recognize you have some core wounds, right? Um, Or a core wound.
0: Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode right now. If you didn't know this already, one of the missions of Unfiltered is to help as many people as possible heal from narcissistic abuse. And the way we can reach everyone is if you choose to share this. So if you have been getting value from this episode, it would mean the world to me if you shared it with others. You could do this by sending it to a friend, posting it on social media or even leaving a review. So if you could do it right now, it would mean a lot and help us help others heal from narcissistic abuse. Thank you so much. Let's get back to the episode. Like We have been talking about the story where the core wound was a loss and core fear, fear of abandonment. So I think it was helpful Mm -hmm. when you gave another example where the core wound was being bullied or somehow treated differently. And as a result, Mm -hmm. core fear that people do not accept me. Mm -hmm. Can you you give some other examples like that? I think it helps then someone who is not maybe sure what is my core wound and as a result, what is my core fear? So if they hear examples, maybe they can... You know, better For ideas. sure.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, if if we think about a, a story of uh, I feel overwhelmed all the time, I have really heavy emotions. If I have a lot of emotions and I feel overwhelmed by those emotions because perhaps I don't easily regulate my emotions, then when I'm out with friends, I always have the idea that I need to keep them safe from what I'm feeling, you know? Like if I feel overwhelmed by my emotions, then they're going to feel overwhelmed by my emotions. Uh, Because perhaps one time or twice in my life, I shared how I was feeling and the person got it wrong. Like they made a whole lot of assumptions about me and I'm really scared that's gonna happen again so that core wound is i feel misjudged i feel misunderstood and and that could be the underlying wound that leads to that core fear of people just don't understand me people just don't get it um they will never understand my emotions and i need to protect them from my emotions because if they don't understand it, they're going to feel overwhelmed by those emotions and then they're going to make assumptions about me right so that's another example okay another example of a core wound, let's say that unfortunately if this happens in in life and it's been happening more and more, but unfortunately there's been childhood sexual exploitation right and so a young teenager uh, or preteen gets groomed by an older friend, and that leads to sexual exploitation. And and that happens, unfortunately, all around the world. And so that young person is going to have a core wound that the trauma of uh, being taken advantage of, right, of being bartered. So the only way that I am good enough and this leads to that core belief of I'm not good enough but the only way I'm good enough is uh if I give something sexual then people will like me or treat me well right and that's a very deep core wound that uh the only good thing about me is my body my sexuality and so That can lead to a core fear of people will not love me unless I put out sexually. And so this leads to the young person hooking up, being promiscuous, not because they enjoy it, but because they believe they have to in order to be validated, feel loved, be accepted. Right. So that's a really extreme example. Unfortunately, it does happen. Right. And so, you know, back to our little story of this young person, 30 years old, she, she's dating this guy who's moved in with her. Uh, lucky him, right? <laughs> yeah, she has a stable job and she's uh, doing really well, but notice that she's scared to say anything. She doesn't say to herself, I'm scared to say anything because, you know, he'll leave me that's not a conscious thought on her part she's thinking he's basically a good guy right and and probably because she thought her dad her dad was basically a good guy i mean yeah she had to remind him to go to work but look he went to work didn't he <laughs> right <laughs> right and so those core beliefs of of self for her is I'm not worth it. Let's go with that one, right? Like I'm not worth them sticking around for unless. I'm not worth uh, their love unless. I'm not worth not being abandoned unless, right? Her core belief, that's her core belief of self. Her core belief of others is people will abandon me. People are untrustworthy perhaps, right? And so her core belief of the world is the world is what you make it. I have to to be the perfect daughter, the perfect girlfriend in order for the world to be a good place. Otherwise, the world is not a good place, right? her core belief of the future is that the future is not safe. The future is maybe unpredictable because unless I can do everything I can to keep this guy in my life or my friends in my life or my job or my coworkers, then the future is going to just fall apart. It's not going to happen for me. Right? So, how can we start changing this with this y- young person? That's where we start talking about core values and creating new core beliefs, which lead to new hopes, core hopes, sorry. So with with this person, she says to herself, you know, something's not quite right. Like, I do want to say something to my my boyfriend. I I do want to tell him, you know, like ask him how the job search is going, What's causing me to hesitate? And she's like, huh. And that little thing sparks, okay, something's not quite right here. Maybe she starts talking with that best friend from high school who's always telling her, you deserve better. And hopefully she's going to therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Right? Different therapists will use different skills to help somebody arrive at new new core beliefs, um, identify their core values. But basically we can see what her core values are in this story. Do you wanna take a guess what what kind of person she is, what values she, she's bringing into her thirties?
0: Let me first uh, make sure, isn't value something that you think is important for you? Oh yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. Okay. Good to define it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well. Yeah. I don't. I don't, I'm not sure. I was going to say that relationships, but yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm yeah. a little yeah. bit lost here. I feel.
1: Yeah. No. I think it's it's great that you defined it. Sorry, I forgot to do that. That's beautiful. <laughs> it is. It is what's important to us, right? And so uh, you named named a few beautiful core values and core values usually come alongside our qualities, our wonderful qualities, our traits, our experiences, you know, in, in terms of how we show up in the world. She shows up, doesn't she? I mean, she's there for her younger siblings. She's there for her dad. She's there for this guy taking advantage of her in her house, right? Uh, in order for her to to have him take advantage of her, she is a hard worker, right? So she, I would I would guess that because I mean this is a made up story. Remember, it's coincidence if it fits anyone's <laughs> life. So I would guess that, along with what you said, she has core values of family, so relationship, right? She has core values of compassion. She has core values of caring for others, of kindness, of understanding, of empathy. I would guess that she has core values of loyalty, Mm. right, of acceptance. So she's not empty. She's not starting off in a deficit when she says to herself, hmm, something is not quite right. What's the the reason I don't want to talk to him, the guy living in her house, about his job and, you know, that he needs to do more? So she's starting from a good place. And we can use that to help her build those new core beliefs and, and those core hopes, right? So if she has all of those values, we can ask her so... Um, Person, what are your wonderful qualities? What would your best friend or your younger sibling say are your wonderful qualities? And she would say, yeah, they would agree that family is important to me and I have the quality of compassion towards them, of always being there for them. Okay, well, person, tell me a time when you were compassionate towards others. So we always start externally and then move internally. So when was there a time when you were compassionate towards others? And she could tell a number of stories about a time she was compassionate towards a friend, to her siblings, to her dad, to um, her dying boyfriend. You know, like even though we were teenagers, I uh, went to his house every day when he was ill and helped his parents care for him, right? So. Those are really amazing, beautiful stories and evidence of compassion. So then we start challenging those old old core beliefs. So if you're this compassionate person, hardworking, kind, understanding person, how is it that you're not good enough? And then, you know, uh, if, if the therapist is using something called cognitive behavioral therapy, they'll say, what's the percent of the time you're not good enough? And maybe at the start of therapy, she would say, oh, 95%, I'm not good enough. 95% of the time, I'm not good enough. But then when we start digging into core values and all of these beautiful qualities, and you ask her again, she'd be like, oh, maybe only 50% of the time, I'm not good enough, right? So that's cognitive behavioral therapy, but perhaps my other focus is something called narrative therapy. And I would focus on those wonderful qualities and those stories because those stories allow for evidence that you are, now we would say, good enough, this new core belief of self, right? So if you are good enough, you know, because you've shown up at work, how long have you been working at your job? Oh, I've been there for 5 years. And before that, I was at that job for 8 years. And before that, right? So this this is evidence of loyalty, of hard work. So we use these stories to help the person come up with a new core belief of self of I am good enough. And so if you are good enough, how have you shown yourself compassion? So now we're moving from others to self how have you shown yourself compassion? Where is that compassion showing up? You know, I really should talk to the guy <laughs> about contributing to the household. uh you know, okay, so that's what you're going to do about the relationship. How are you compassionate towards yourself? Oh, hmm. Well, I have a best friend, and we go out for dinner once a week, and we just have a girls' night, and we laugh, we watch TV, or we go for a walk. Yeah, I think that's compassion towards myself, right? So you deserve that. She deserves that, right? And and if she deserves that, then we can start challenging those other core beliefs of self, others, the world, and the future. because. Okay, if you have a belief of others that people always leave you, that people are untrustworthy, tell me about this best friend. You've been friends with her since you were in high school. You always say that she tells you you deserve better than this guy, right? And so is she not an an other? Isn't she a person, a, 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 a people out there, right? and so she will be like huh yeah you're right that's true she does show up for me you know if i were to call her right now and ask her for help to to talk to this guy she would help me figure out the right words to say so maybe not everybody is untrustworthy maybe some people are actually quite good right and so then we can start challenging the the negative thoughts about the world, so if you're good enough, most of the time, and some people out there are trustworthy, and they show up for you, they don't leave you. Is the world then such a a broken place? Well, no, you know, I like my job, that's why I've stuck around for five years. The people I work with are so lovely no the world is not a bad place it's not a broken place right and then okay so what are your thoughts i mean this is not going to happen in a straight line <laughs> <laughs> this is a, a conversation back and forth um, uh, multiple conversations and discussions right but eventually so what about the future you know um and so the future Yeah, the future is looking good actually because I've got my best friend. I do see myself working at my job for another two years at least, or if not more, right? And so, yeah, I do want to eventually travel around the world. And the future is actually a really hopeful place. Oh, so if the future is a hopeful place, what do you hope for yourself? You know, do you. Do you still believe that people are going to leave you? Do you still believe that you're going to be abandoned? Remember those are the core wounds and core fears. And so uh when you're traveling in this future and you're traveling around the world, how are you going to take these new core beliefs with you? Well, I'm going to trust that the people I I meet on my travels are good people that we'll have conversation. So I hope to make more friends in the future. And the the person now believes that the future is hopeful so that they can create all of these plans without worries that they'll be abandoned because they've got evidence. My best friend hasn't abandoned me. My boss always gives me good performance evaluations. My boss hasn't abandoned me. My coworkers enjoy having me around, right? So we use these stories to help this this person challenge her old narrative and break these these patterns, break the fears, break the wounds, heal from the wounds, right? Does that make sense, Juliana? I know I went on a little bit of a, <laughs> a <laughs> ramble. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, makes sense. And just for clarification, so it sounds to me that when we are dealing with old core beliefs that let's say are negative and harmful for us that the way to really change them is that we look at again our life experiences and what's happening in our life and what we are doing our behavior and others behavior and we reframe it because uh, let's say we have the old uh, negative core belief that yeah people will leave me but for some reason we haven't seen that oh yeah my boss still Gives me good feedback oh yeah my colleagues are around me oh yeah i have this friend of 15 years we haven't seen that so are you saying that the way to change that old core belief to into a new and perhaps even more accurate that reflects reality more accurately is to just reframe yeah
1: i think you're right i think it is reframing our perspective because you know uh it's it's like Those old stories of there's a car accident that happens and 10 people see it from different points of view, right? So it happens and then there's one person here, one person here. Mm -hmm. Everyone sees a different point of view and uh, everyone's only seeing part of the story. But when the police are gathering information from all of the witnesses, they put all the pieces together to determine the whole story who was responsible for the car accident, who was driving too fast, all of that, right? So I I think you're right. It is about reframing because it is about perspective. I, I have a friend who's been in my life for 15 years. And all I think about is the fact that my mom died. My, this, this story that we're talking Mm -hmm. about, my dad always threatens to leave me. I've, I've been the parentified child. I'm the one who's taking care of the younger kids. My ex-boyfriend died. My ex-boyfriend's in jail. Now this guy is taking advantage of me. So those also are facts. Those are also facts, right? Where the reframing comes in, the challenging of the perspective is, yes, you're right. It is looking at the evidence, but looking at the evidence in a different way. Because if I focus on the facts of the abandonment of the loss, then that's going to uh, highlight or prove my fear of being abandoned. That's going to prove that I'm not good enough. If I look at it in a different way, if I reframe it, I am a loyal person. I stuck through the hard times. I don't leave, right? I have a fear of being abandoned because I think that people are untrustworthy. People always leave. Wait, I'm people. I'm a person. I never leave, right? Uh, my friend, my best friend from high school, she's always stuck around. I've been annoying. I've been a crybaby. I've, <laughs> I've, you know, uh, yelled at her. I've thrown my emotions at her and she's stuck around. So it's just reframing that journey together, right? So there's a quality about me that allows for my friend to stick around. And I can... I can ask her so maybe part of the therapeutic journey is what are your wonderful qualities what would people say about you but also hey ask your best friend to come to therapy let's interview your best friend about what she thinks about you and i ask i as the therapist ask the best friend so best friend what are some of person's wonderful qualities oh She's such a great friend. She's so loyal and compassionate. She's always there for me. She listens to whatever I'm telling her. Uh, You know, she gives me good advice. All all of these wonderful qualities start, start showing up and I can interview her and say, so best friend, tell me a time when she listened to you and that made a difference in your life, right? And person sitting right here and that's reframing that relationship right does that make sense
0: yeah yeah it makes thank you and then Mm -hmm. one more clarification question so are you saying that by focusing on core values and creating new core beliefs heals eventually the core wound and core fear
1: yes you got it yes that's exactly (laughs) right yes he when we look at our lives, our experiences through negativity, through deficit, through problem saturated stories, then we really emphasize and we really feed those, that wound and those fears. Right? When we start looking at our lives and our stories, through and our experiences through a lens reframing to use your word of skills and beliefs and values and wonderful qualities and resilience then we start feeding those new core beliefs and we start feeding those core hopes because all my life this person's life I've said, I'm not good enough. That's why my dad threatens to leave me. Not con- not consciously. Like there's been, it's been in the back of her mind, the back of her heart. I'm not good enough. That's why my mom died. Something I did caused my ex-boyfriend to go to jail, even though had no part of that legal system, right? Because that old core belief is narrating everything that perception and feeding that wound and feeding that fear so we're going to starve that wound and we're going to starve that fear by really highlighting all of those skills and values and beautiful qualities I I went off on a tangent again sorry (laughs) No, no, no
0: no thank you I'm thinking people who come from like narcissistic family of origin they might have very like solid core wounds and fears instilled and mm-hmm. in place and core beliefs, and then when you said that uh, by focusing on core values and creating new core beliefs, we can really heal core wounds and core we core fears. I'm thinking about what if, what if someone they don't have no idea about their core values. Like you have a feeling that you do not have core values. Isn't it then harder to? Heal your core wounds and core fears as well? Yes,
1: it it is harder. It's not impossible. You know, that's the thing about about core wounds and core fears. We feel so hurt, right? We feel so invalidated. We feel unvalued, actually, that it's hard to see step away from that or to create change. Hard is not impossible. So, young people and people who have been raised in in narcissistic family of origins, you're right there's There's gonna be difficulty in in seeing what's my parent and what's me. I always have to step up and meet my parents' needs. I need to walk on eggshells I have to be careful what I say. I have to second guess myself. I have to make sure that whatever I'm doing, my needs is second, their needs are priority, right? So it's very hard to have that lens of, I am good enough, I am worth it. It's very hard. And everyone's story is going to be different. The thing is that we can all look for evidence in our own small ways. The fact is that hopefully you've gone to school, the person who's come from this family of origin of parents being narcissistic and hopefully you've gone to school, you've gone to work, you've had friendships, you attended I'm in Canada, a hockey game. <laughs> you you've attended um sports events or debate team you've um, gone to the library hopefully you've had small interactions you've helped an elderly lady cross the street or you've seen a dog get loose from its owner and or pet parent uh, and run back and and help them find their dog right those are so small they're they're One minute, 30 seconds snippets in in your life, but they've happened. So those are small moments, but use those as gifts to highlight and to understand your core values. Okay, I've helped an old old lady cross the street. Um, Maybe she didn't want me to, but I helped her. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And so obviously, I'm a caring person. You know, I've helped somebody get their dog back. So that shows that I care about people, I'm compassionate, right? I can name my wonderful qualities, I don't have to wait for my parents to do that. Those tell stories about your qualities, which lead to you understanding your values. Does that make sense, Juliana?
0: Yeah, and I know it sounds to me that if someone is feeling that they do not have core values, it just maybe means that you have to look harder and you have to Mm -hmm. if you do like you said 30 second snippets of your life that you do not engage in for example a cognitive distortion that you minimize it or Mm -hmm. that you just look at it the way that it is as it is yeah that sounds to me that we all actually have them but we might not see them because of distorted way of thinking and seeing the world and ourselves but if you just look enough then there actually yeah. is you know something yeah
1: i i i like that we don't minimize it because it's so easy to be dismissive right i spent a good minute or two helping a neighbor look for their dog oh yeah but anybody would do that we're Everyone in the community likes this neighbor and their dog. It's a good dog. Anybody would do that, right? Is as you said, easy to minimize it or, you know, I'm using the word dismiss it because that's what our core wound or our core fear has taught us to do. It, it's easy to dismiss it or minimize it because then we can feed this story of, my family doesn't love me i am not deserving of love i'm not good enough right so it's up to us really to challenge that so it's a constant challenge it's a lot of work i would invite all of the the people out there who are struggling to talk with their friends you know um Uh, Talk with their plants or their pets. Hey, if they have pets, they're obviously caring, right? (laughs) Uh, And then also engage in therapy. It's a good place, safe place to, to really explore.
0: Hey, I have a free gift for you. If you want to dive deeper into understanding your core beliefs, I've got you covered. We have created a course about changing negative core beliefs into positive ones after experiencing narcissistic abuse. You can access this course by becoming a member of our free community and the link to join our community is in the podcast notes. Thank you so much and let's get back to the episode. I'm thinking we haven't talked that much yet about I, I feel the core hopes.
1: Yeah, let's talk about core hopes, right? Uh so we've now challenged our core fears. We're he- on the journey to healing from our core wounds. I want to highlight that trauma is repetitive or it, it becomes part of our cells, cells, like you know, the little tiny cells. <laughs> C-E-L-L-S. Um and so it's important to recognize that it's really easy to fall back into those old fears. We have to con- constantly do a lot of good work and remind ourselves and challenge those old core beliefs of self, of others, of the world, and of the future. Okay. But once we've come to terms with our core values and we really believe them and we allow them to show up. In our everyday life and we form these new beautiful core hopes that i am good enough i am worth it i'm awesome i rock (laughs) right then um or i can achieve or i am deserving whatever those new core beliefs are then we can really feel deserving of a beautiful future and if i feel deserving of a beautiful Future of a happy future, healthy future, then I'm going to shape those core hopes right so uh what are some of your hopes, Juliana? I'm putting you on the spot, but what are your so some of your hopes for yourself for your future
0: uh healthy and intimate and close connection with my with the people that are in my life and that I love,
1: yeah. That's beautiful. Yeah. (laughs) So I also have core hope. Uh, My core hopes are shaped by my faith, by my values, by uh, my family, by my support system, uh, by my core beliefs of myself. So my core hopes are that I am uh, healthy, that I'm emotionally regulated, that I am a contributing member of society, that I'm financially well off, (laughs) working on it, (laughs) (laughs) it it may take some time, Uh, uh, that I have a good support system, that I am a good pet parent, right? Uh, So core hopes really align with our values. Right. So those core values would also include volunteering, giving back to community, contributing in some way. So my core hope for myself is that I'm going to be volunteering, that I show up, you know, Um, part of the way that I show up in my community is actually through this, through our collaboration. Right. Those core values lead into core hope for myself. So you talked about when you said my core hope for myself is having healthy, intimate relationships with the people I love, right? What core values lead into that?
0: Values about family, Mm -hmm. values about that you, I don't know, is it a value, but you want to be safe around and that you can help someone be supportive i think those yeah, I'm yeah. so sure yeah
1: yeah yeah no that's okay that's that's the conversation right it's it's to continuously explore and to be uh reflective about what are our qualities you know what are our wonderful qualities what would I notice about myself, what would others notice about me, and how do those shape or or are they shaped by the values that we have and then, if those are my values, how do they feed my hope for myself in relationship in society, in community, in faith, at work, uh, in the grocery store right how How do they really shape? my future, because that's what hope is. Hope is always about something good will happen. So even if I'm having a really difficult day and today I'm for whatever reason focused on the negativity of the past and the problems that happened when I was a kid or the loss and grief of a friend or a spouse or in, in our example today, uh, this person focusing like doing really well and having new core beliefs of self and recognizing their core values of family and hard work and loyalty feeling more hopeful about the future they're going to travel they're going to meet people from around the world they're going to trust in others that bad date doesn't overwhelm us as it used to in the past so in the past maybe it would knock us out for The day, the week, the month, right? And there would be highs and lows even within those time, but the lows would be really lows, and I would feel judgmental because I'm not good enough. So no wonder I made that mistake because I'm not good enough, or my my boss is going to fire me because I'm not good enough, right? So now I have new hope for myself. I have a core hope that the future is bright. That. I'm contributing to society, that I'm going to be financially well off, that I'm going to be a support system in this community, you know, then I'm having a bad day, but it's not as overwhelming as a year ago. I can acknowledge, hey, it's a bad day, but I'm still good enough, so I'll overcome it, right? You know what? I'm having a bad day. I'm good enough. I deserve to be compassionate towards myself or gracious towards myself. I'm gonna take care of me. I'm going to take myself out to dinner. I'm gonna call my friend and go to a movie. I'm not going to let this day take away my hope from the future or for the future, right? And, and so how do those hopes help you? How do they prompt you? How do they serve you, right? Uh, how do they help you walk through life in a way that's not defeatist? Like the core wound and the core fear will say, "I'm going to defeat you." But the the core hope, right? The new core beliefs of self, the core values, the core hopes will say, "No, I'm going to walk through life honoring myself. I'm going to walk through life uh, on a positive journey." I'm going to walk through life with safety and security. I'm going to walk through life with well-being. I'm going to walk through life liking myself, deserving that I like myself, right? So this really helps people to take care of themselves. It helps people to honor themselves and others. We don't wanna leave out that we're relational beings, but we're talking about self here. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah so does that help yeah like all these things are very tied together
1: Mm -hmm.
0: if someone is really 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 lost and uh they want to start doing something today to heal their core wound and fear in order to change their core belief into more positive one or like a better one Mm-hmm. and in order to identify their core values and make sure that they live according to them and in their order to have actually core hopes I don't know is it uh are, what comes to your mind if someone what should they start doing today some small or big thing
1: yeah mm-hmm. yeah I I love that question the one small thing it's always good to start small <laughs> So the one small thing is to really name your wonderful qualities. Have someone name your wonderful qualities. If I ask a person and they say, you know, I I ask them, what are your wonderful qualities? And they say, I don't have any. Because they're feeling that lost and that alone. I might check in with them about, did you have any performance evaluation at work? And what did it say on there? They may say, well, I'm a team player, <laughs> or I show up on time, even the smallest thing, right? And so we'll start there. So start there, start with the smallest thing. So what does it mean to you to show up on time? Well, what do you mean? I'm I'm on time. It's, you're supposed to be on time for work, <laughs> right? yes i understand you're supposed to be on time for work what does it mean to you to show up on time is it only for work that you show up on time well no Uh, i'm gonna go to the movie on time i'm going to go to the theater on time Uh, i'm going to go to my friend's wedding on time okay so being on time is important to you what's the reason well it's disrespectful if you're not on time Okay, so what are you trying to do by showing up on time? I'm being respectful, isn't that obvious? Okay, <laughs> so you're being respectful. So being respectful is one of your wonderful qualities. Ah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so start small, never anything big, right? And we dig into it slowly and and very small steps. Until it grows a little bit more. So, if somebody's doing this on their own, I would invite them to still do it like this small steps. What are your wonderful qualities? If you're struggling to name your wonderful qualities, maybe go on the internet and look at a list of qualities, traits, personality traits, values, and, and figure out on there which fits for you. Or, if you have a friend, then ask your friends. I know this is an odd question, but what would you say are my wonderful qualities, right? So, small things. Small things. Ask yourself, what are your wonderful qualities? Ask people you know. And then from there, you can look at, I have these wonderful qualities because I have certain values. What does that tell me about myself, right? So, for everyone out there, it's, repetitive, I know. (laughs) It's important to take care of yourself. Do one small thing that says you're being compassionate towards yourself, okay?
0: If you have enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and share the episode with your friends and family. Have a wonderful rest of your day and see you in the next episode.